<laughs> Seriously, if you want your child to dress up as a little demon so that he can get candy, I mean, who who are we to say? I don't think there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> I mean, there are there are much less healthier ways to explore your dark side if you want to go there. This is just a costume. It's just fun. It's just silly. Just, it allows you to say, you little demon, come over here. And, <laughs> and you, could be, you could be accurate for once. Welcome to episode 68 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brewed pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. You can watch us live Tuesdays, 9.15 p.m. Eastern at pubtheology.com. And of course, you can tune in anytime, you know, when you're just on the go or out and about, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Tonight's episode is brought to you by our official sponsors. Casual priest, the maker of fine clergy wear, clergy duds, clergy outfits. They are based in Sweden, but their clergy tops are tailored, modern, confident, stylish. I think they're also dresses. They make full dresses too, right? I always say tops, but I think I think they have like dresses too. So anyways, if you or someone you know um, wears clergy outfits as part of their profession, tell them check out casual priest. They want to update their look and... If you want to have a chance to win some apparel from Casual Priest, call and leave a message on the Casual Priest hotline. That's 980-PT-LIVE-0 or 980-785-4830. Of course, you can join our conversation anytime, whether you're listening live or you are on the internet. I mean, the Twitters, the Facebooks, the social media, Twitter, Facebook. Use the hashtag PTLIVE. Sometimes I get, think you get lost in your script. <laughs> I, try to, I try to. It's not so much getting lost, and I'm like, how can I read the same paragraph again and not make I it? I do it every week. It's easy. Same paragraph. <laughs> hey, yo. I, I want make it, to make it a little more authentic. A little more authentic. You know? A little more you. Oh, and our wine sponsor is Wink Wine Club. Wink, spelled W-I-N-C, features superbly crafted wines delivered right to your door. Get started at trywink.com slash PT live for $20 off your first order. And there's other savings on the website as well. See, I really sense Tina's essence in that, in that <laughs> right there. So well done. I don't, I don't I need sense. to change the words because it's the passion you put into them. <laughs> I sense Tina's apathy. I don't. Sense... <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't tell our sponsors. Well, tonight, trick or treat. This is our Halloween episode. I guess you could say. We'll discuss some of the pagan roots of uh, of Halloween and some of the co-option, perhaps, of the church with uh, All Saints Day and so forth, All Hallows' Eve, and whether any of this history informs our observance of it today. Is there any religious connection or meaning left in this candy-infested, costume-wearing uh, evening of conviviality? You See, what I did there? See what I did there? Yeah. Yeah. Alliteration. Playing play those word games. <laughs> uh, also, what is spiritual warfare 
and where does Satan fit in your theological framework, if anywhere? Are ghosts and demons real? Boo! We discussed tonight. Wait, this is the what? Wait, it's the Halloween episode? <laughs> Hang on. Oh, we didn't get that. I got to turn the volume up on this. Yeah, you got, it's really low. It's really low. Let's try this one. There we go. Oh, you have to randomly <laughs> do that throughout this episode. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Wow. Well, uh, let's get into it. My name is Brian Burkoff. I am pastor of Holland UCC in Holland, Michigan, author of the book Pub Theology, Beer, Conversation, and God. I've been uh, hosting, facilitating pub conversations for over nine years now. Tonight, I am drinking a two-hearted ale from uh, Bell's Brewing uh, right down the road in uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan. And welcome, as usual, to Ogan and Tina. Hello, I am Reverend Ogan Holder, Unity on the River, Amesbury, Massachusetts, author of Rants to Revelations, unabashedly honest reflections on life, spirituality, the meaning of God. Yes, I'm looking at the book cover over there. One hell memorize that. <laughs> Memorize that subtitle. It's only been five years. Uh, and tonight I'm drinking a big beer. Ooh. Is, how many ounces is this? Brian, it's you should pint. have seen him. You should have seen him walk in with this pitcher of ice and this huge beer in it. Oh, <laughs> let me see. Oh, what do you what do you got? It is a uh, rum barrel age southern tier pumpkin. We're going Going the pumpkin from Southern oh, Tier. Where are they out of? Southern Southern Tier. Wait, hang on, I'll tell you. Uh, but um, but um, but um, but um, where are they from? They don't tell me here. I think I think mm. that's in in my neck of the woods. Mm. We'll uh, find it. Uh, Southern Tier. Thanks. Nope, Lakewood, New York. Wherever mm. that is. All right. All right. All right. So, uh, yes, brewed with pumpkin and pumpkin spice. I'll tell you how that goes. And I'm Tina Simmons, author of Zandrail, Being Human is Overrated as T. Griffin, among other things. And tonight I'm drinking tea because I just felt like taking a break. Um, but I, since, since I don't have a big long wine explanation, I'm just going to read my tea bags to you. We are born wise. We are born complete. And then we get dumb as we get older. I'm just kidding. It didn't really say that. And love yourself so that you may know how to live with self-respect. That's some yogi wisdom for you right there. Mm. Nice. Very Don't good. worry, I'm drinking a beer big enough for the both of us. <laughs> Look out. Whoa. Could get frightful. <laughs> You're going to be like this all the time, aren't you, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Ooh, uh, well, uh are you guys into Halloween? Do you like Halloween? Are you kind of meh about Halloween? And uh, yeah, any any Halloween memories that stand out? Halloween is, um, if not my favorite, is one of my favorite holidays. I love it. I love the parades, which they don't do out here. I was really surprised they don't really do Halloween parades. But I love the parades. I love the parties. I love dressing up. I just think it's a lot of fun. There's no expectations. There's no painful family get-togethers <laughs> it's, it's just a fun holiday to you know to dress up and just have fun i think uh it's an it's a really nice way to explore the darkness of mythologies mm. and dark symbolism in a playful way without people getting too carried away 
Um, growing up in Barbados, we did not celebrate Halloween. I think they do now because, you know, every place is becoming Americanized. Because colonialism? Uh, yeah, really. But uh, so, so yeah, I didn't, I didn't really experience Halloween until I was in my early 20s or mm. when I was 20 till I came up here uh, to the U.S. for college. Um, that being said, I have nothing against Halloween except that I don't think adults need to be dressing up. I think that's, and a lot of times uh, nowadays, uh, adults are using it as an excuse to dress up. Part of my French, a little slutty. Like it's like, come on, don't don't do it. So let me get this straight. You think Halloween is an opportunity to explore your dark side for children, but not for adults? Right. We can do that anytime. <laughs> uh, okay. Halloween gives you extra permission, though, I think. It does. But, but I think that... So it, I agree. And a, a lot of these costumes, I believe, and I'm not saying this is like some old prude, but they have become more and more sexualized um, with with starting with adult costumes and they're trickling down into teenagers and children now. And what what parties are you going to, my friend? I know. <laughs> <laughs> How do they celebrate oh. Halloween where you're from? Obviously, the right ones. <laughs> <laughs> but you're complaining about it, so I'm not sure they are. The I'm best. not saying that yeah, I'm, right. I'm I I I'm not saying that I, I yes it is not yes I guess I am complaining a little. You bit are. You that, are that I. Uh, it's it's i think it's be, it takes away a little bit of the playfulness that we allow our children to indulge in when we okay. adults start to take it too seriously start to spoil it maybe that's what i'm trying to say i think right. i think some adults are taking it too seriously as like this is our thing too and really take it, it is <laughs> why, so. why is it a holiday that's only allowed for kids i mean historically and traditionally it it was an adult holiday when are you too old to trick or treat? Oh, trick or treat? I would say teenager. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can still, you can still do it in through high school, maybe college, but yeah. you're pushing it in college, but much after that it yeah. You go to the parties. The one development um, um we used to go trick or treating in, um my kids babysitter lived there and it was like a really cool development. The uh there was one family that when the they they would come around, the kids would get candy and the adults would get a beer. <laughs> nice, it was so fun. That that's what I'm saying. We stopped at the house every year. I I um there was this is back in DC I think this one neighborhood we would sometimes go to with Joy's friends. There was a family they would give the adults like the airplane size bottles of hard liquor nice. as 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 their treats. The other thing about Halloween I don't particularly enjoy is when you have like older, snarkier kids who put like the minimalist of effort into their costume and walk around with a pillowcase expecting to like get it filled up at the end of the yeah, day. Expecting to get a haul. Yeah. And, and giving you attitude, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, a, fr a friend said that he was not so into Halloween because he values authenticity. And it feels like put it, people putting on costumes and masks, it's like they're not really being themselves. And I, I kind of wondered about that and, and, and chewed on that. And then there was a, a commercial I saw recently, uh, a place that sells Halloween costumes, which said, let your inner you come out. And so they framed it the opposite, that actually 
Halloween gives permission for you to allow things that are inside you to really be on display that you might society might not otherwise approve of or embrace your inner zombie or your inner vampire or whatever. So what do you guys think about that sort of authenticity level of dressing up and costume? I don't agree with that at all. It's it's fun. It's play. And I don't think there's anything wrong with dressing up and having fun and like letting different characters out of you. I mean, not not any one of us has a single stoic personality yeah. that, you know, I feel like we so have. So you would you would go more with the there's something inside you that Halloween might give you permission to come out. And that is an authenticity. Yeah. 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 Well, I, like I think you shouldn't wait for Halloween. That's what I'm saying for the kids. If you're an adult, let let be you're an adult. <laughs> be you. Okay, I see your point. Okay, but you can't walk around dressed as Catwoman. Yeah, nor should you. <laughs> what is wrong with that? What is wrong with dressing up as an adult? Uh, listen, it's uh, fun. I, here, so here's here's the here's the paradox of me is that at my church, I I encourage people to wear costumes and dress up and not just for Halloween either. Like uh, my first summer there, I did a whole series or I, I was starting to do a whole series before I take some time off, uh, did a series on superheroes, um, parallel in like, you know, contemporary comic book superheroes with biblical superheroes. And I invited people to come dress up in superhero costumes. It was fabulous. People have it. So why are you bashing Halloween then? People had a great time. Because, again, I think uh, some adults take it too seriously and take it away from what my experience has been as this is this is a time for kids to have fun. Let the kids have fun without moving in on their territory. What do you mean that they take it too seriously? I'm talking about like the provocative sexualized costumes. Oh, here we go again. Party. Like wearing them out in actual, public or like adult parties? Actual, actual in public and actual adults also going around trying to get candy from houses and stuff. Like, that's I think you're jaded. We get candy from children. I think we should be allowed to play as adults, and I think we forget how to play sometimes. And I think Halloween's a great time to bring that out. Brian, you haven't said much. What do you? What's your take on it? I, I enjoy Halloween. Uh, I like or liked as a kid dressing up. Of course, loved candy. What kid doesn't? And I enjoy it now, sort of vicariously through my kids. I haven't dressed up a ton as an adult, like a little bit sometimes with the kids and they'll go trick-or-treating. I don't trick-or-treat. I just walk with them um, and then steal their candy later. <laughs> that's because yeah. that's what good adults do. That's what that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm saving their teeth and they're, you know, exactly. they're, they're yeah. protecting exactly. our kids from ourselves. Now, here's the here's the ultimate hypocrisy. I will be dressing up this Halloween. Um, of course you will. My, 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 my prayer chaplain team and I are going to Unity Village for uh, it's an, what we call a Nehemiah retreat. We're actually going to do some service work there at the village. It's happening right over Halloween when Halloween's happening. So uh, there's going to be like a di Halloween dinner slash party at the slash village. Dance slash wear something provocative. So this is Unity Village. Ain't nobody wearing nothing provocative. Just I'll me. bet you there will be some. Um, more often than not, it will probably be the person who probably shouldn't be wearing something provocative. You are so judgmental tonight. Wow. Shouldn't be. Tonight. Listen, Ooh. no, no, listen, I, there, Whoa, how far are you into the beer? I, I hold, I hold right. this for myself as well. I always say this there, 
Like, for example, when you walk down on a beach, I said there are two types of people, people who shouldn't keep their shirts on, people who can take their shirts off. And I fall squarely into that category of people who should keep their shirts on. And I'm well, okay we have got to talk about body image at some <laughs> point. Yeah, we should. We should. Like why <laughs> certain people have a right to do things and, and other people don't. don't. Don't take mm -hmm. me too seriously. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm truly being funny. No, I agree. People can dress up as whatever they want to. Um, three of us, my prayer chaplain, co-leaders, and myself, we're going as Snap, Crackle, and Pop, the Rice Krispies characters. Nice. Um, so, yeah. There you go. There you go. Dressing up. But to get so, to, to, I was going to say, to get to some of the stuff you said earlier, the other reason I didn't celebrate it in Barbados was Barbados is a very, uh, and still is in many ways, a very hyper-religious society, and Halloween was seen as a holiday that celebrated evil and the devil and right, right. And Satan. Right. so to be associated with that was an unchristian thing to do right yeah so what about that you know it uh has its roots in this uh ancient celtic uh slash pagan festival of uh what looks like it's spelled samhain but it's really pronounced uh Samhain. Apparently it's S A M H A I N, but it, you know, it's probably Welsh or something. Um, but they would burn, you know, this, this marked the, this night marked the beginning of the darker season of the year. And so they would burn uh, large fires in some ways to uh, rejuvenate the sun, but also to banish evil spirits. There was this idea that the dead were scouring the countryside. And so eventually the wearing of costumes and the, um, the bringing out of, of of food for the dead to sort of please them or whatever um this is all part of this ancient sort of pagan practice ritual and then eventually the church kind of went into those lands where this was celebrated and uh, they designated november 1 all saints day so the night before became all saints eve or all hallows eve which eventually was uh adopted into adapted into halloween did you say uh did you say that the dead were roaming? The dead were roaming. You gotta scream for that. I, that that yeah, sounded like a, a baby squeeze toy. Yeah, it did. <laughs> right. Me, me and my audio settings. Let's try this one. Is that better? That's better. Oh, Ooh. Try not to get it too loud. Ooh. Okay, so anyways. Um Yeah, so I mean, does any of that history impact the observance of Halloween or the avoidance of Halloween today? I, I think, as you said, Ogan, some more traditional or conservative uh, Christian communities sort of have this fear around Halloween. And so many churches will do harvest festivals uh, or something at the church that night that involves candy but doesn't involve scary costumes or any hint of, you know, demons or ghosts or ghouls. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Well, kudos to the early Christian church for uh, massive cultural appropriations. Like, they did not hesitate to wipe things out and take them <laughs> over. <laughs> so was that Blame the, them uh, at their own? Was I, that a tongue-in-cheek kudos? <laughs> very, very much so. But at the same time, you know, from a, from a, from a what they call it, PR marketing perspective, it was actually kind of genius. Like, you know, why reinvent the wheel? Let's just take over Steal it from somebody else. What's what's already what's already there? So you know, it, it was it was kind of genius when you think about it. But um, but yes, I mean, here we have these customs and traditions springing up, partly because of you know, 
maybe not a full understanding of how the world works. So we come up with all these traditions or maybe at a different time, there was a much deeper understanding of how the spirit world truly works. So, you know, we, we establish these um, traditions, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think, I don't, I don't think that it goes against uh, Christianity or any religion per se. It's just, it's just another way of manifesting one's understanding of things yeah. become visible. And I mean, I mean, those things don't really, in my mind, compete with each other. All Saints Day today, some churches, uh, you know will celebrate that uh, or All Souls Day and remember those who have passed or certain saints or family members who have died in the year prior or in years past. Uh, but that to me doesn't really seem to impact or have anything to do with Halloween uh, observance. Uh, is that accurate? Well, the yes and no. My my whole issue is, and I think we're, we're seeing folks um, really digging into the deeper original meanings like we're doing. But, mm -hmm. but I think you know, in the church's effort to appropriate these things, many, many cultures um, and traditions were eradicated or attempted to be eradicated. You know, when we look uh, at Christmas, you know, that's coming up soon. Right. And, you know, Christmas is celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, which A, didn't happen in December. Um, right. And B, really didn't happen as the Gospels predicted it. Like, you know, any biblical father will tell you that Jesus was born in Nazareth, not in Bethlehem. Hey, this teaser. is a December discussion. This is a, this is a teaser for an upcoming yeah, exactly. December episode. Absolutely. And part of the thing we honor uh, or, or we observe Christmas with is a Christmas tree, which, you know, I love. I love the Christians who rail against anything non-Christian about Christmas, Other, yeah, Christmas yeah. tree, not realizing again, this is a holdover from a pagan tradition. Same thing with Easter, right. you know. Um, you can go down the line, yeah. You, yeah. Can, you can go along the line for these things. And my concern is there is a rich, a really rich cultural tapestry um, that that was uh, there was an effort to 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 whitewash it, to wipe wipe it away for the sake of a religion for Christianity. Um, which, which, if your if your religion needs to depend on wiping out others, like that may not be the one you want to root for. Just, just snuck. You just snuck in the word witch. That was well done. <laughs> what I did there. <laughs> what do you think, Tina? Are um, you are you sad that some of the uh, original impulse in the sort of pagan uh, begin or yeah the pagan beginnings of this uh, have been lost? Well. No, because like you just said, um, you know, it kind of came from Christianity too, because they would dress up. What did that article say? They dress up as saints and ghosts and demons as well. Um, but I, I right. guess, I guess my right. thing is, I just feel like everybody needs to lighten up. Um, you know, I feel like we pick things to death, yeah. and you know, we we pick things to death and the right and the wrong, and everybody has to be right, you know, all the time, and I. I just I feel like we all need to lighten up and just enjoy the moment for what it is instead of defining whether we should be doing it or not or whether it's right or wrong or you know like who who says but us I mean it's a, society decides whether it's right or wrong 
Seriously, if you want your child to dress up as a little demon so that he can get candy, I mean, who who are we to say? I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, I don't either. I'm I'm joking, but uh. I mean, there are there are much less healthier ways to explore your dark side if you want to go there. Um, this is just a costume. It's just fun. It's just silly. Just, it allows you to say, "You little demon, come over here." And, and you could be you could be accurate for once. Yeah. Again, any time of year. <laughs> Why we? How we any time of year. I was going to say that Only in Portland. <laughs> yes, exactly. But I think part of the part of the issue that 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 many uh, I would say um, maybe some religious folks may have issue with the Halloween is that yeah, here's a kid dressing around as a demon, and there's something sacrilegious about that. But yeah, you know, making light, yeah, you know. But it brings up the it brings up the question again, back to the whole Satan question: Are are demons real things? Are angels real? Yeah, things? yeah, good. That that Satan. exactly. First, let me read a, a text here uh, from the New Testament. First Peter five verse eight says, "Discipline yourselves. Keep alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour." Does he though? So yeah, I mean, is is Satan lurking, uh, prowling around? Are you on guard against that? What what role does this idea of Satan have in your own sort of uh, spiritual life or theological framework? Are you, are you trying to say Satan is Aslan from? from yeah, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> from Narnia. Oh, C.S. Lewis just like flipped it on its head. I, yeah, exactly. Um, I I just I feel like that verse was just written to scare people into, you know, Ooh. behaving themselves. Mm, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit because I think by that time this was written, Satan was a, 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 a character, a personage, an entity that was believed in. Now here's the thing though. When we look at the origins of where Satan showed up, like Satan was not, a character, a being, an entity that existed in original Judaic theology. Um, it, he he didn't. You know, there was no there was no hell for in original Judaism. Like you know, when you die, the worst thing that happened to your soul is it went to a place called Sheol, which was like a big waiting room until you had to decide what was happening after that. Or there was like you know, it that was just it. There was no there was no hell afterlife. The idea of an adversary, an opponent to God, was absorbed from Zoroastrianism when the Jews were in exile in Babylon. Because here they were in Babylon, exile, and they're like, we thought we had the bomb diggity dog, and here we are, God, I mean, and here we are, you know, we've just been defeated, we've been exiled, we don't understand. They go to Babylon, they start hearing the... Uh, the religion and mythology of Zoroastrianism, where there is this battle of light against darkness. And they were like, oh, this darkness thing must be real. There must be now a devil. And they absorbed that idea. And then it was retroactively uh, inserted into like the original creation story. You know, suddenly that's, that serpent, which was an animal in the garden, suddenly became the devil who was, you know, who tempted Eve and the downfall and, and we have yeah, this whole it, now, you know, story about about how the devil was created, and there's 
this entity that is warned against God and the whole scripture about Lucifer, the fallen angel. Like it's, it's this whole whole made up stuff. <laughs> A beautiful story. Basically to explain, I think why we human beings sometimes do evil things to each other. So we don't have to take yeah. accountability for our actions. It's not about accountability. Well, yeah, it's a little bit about avoiding accountability, but it's also about this i this idea that that um that that there's there's this battle for us all, and and if we follow God, our souls will be redeemed, and Jesus will redeem us. So that whole narrative um, interweaves itself. But you know, I don't believe theologically. I don't believe there's a being that is the devil or Satan. There's not even a being that is God. God is not. Whoa, being so. Oh, you just went you meow. I'm just accelerating the conversation. That's all. I'm just get getting getting to the good stuff quickly. Yeah, but I liked your thought about uh, this whole story of Satan uh, being this angel of light, right? He was like the chief angel, uh, kind of aspired to be like God, but then tried to grab for too much and fell and turned against God became evil but that there's something about our own sort of inner struggles or the human experience that is sort of mythologized on on the gods or you know the divine beings and that's not a new thing uh in judaism christianity that precedes either of those religious um, traditions uh in much older cultures and so it is interesting to think about about that as a sort of metaphorical or allegorical retelling but for many people, Satan is a very real thing, uh, Satan and the demonic, right? And so that's why uh, we—that's why we have the question about spiritual warfare. And I think this gets into Tina's point about responsibility, because I've been in a lot of circles where if something goes wrong, like if the sound system doesn't work so that we can't sing a worship song, well, that's spiritual warfare. You know, that's that's Satan interfering with what we're trying to do. You bring you bring you bring up lots of memories because I did a lot of that. Uh, you know it. You got to pray against that. Right? Pray over oh. the pray over the microphones. We had we had whole services dedicated <laughs> in spiritual warfare songs, you know, to bring the devil down and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, yeah. it was it was, it was it was fascinating because all it did was instill more fear. So mm -hmm. here you are, afraid of the devil trying to get you and make you do bad things. So you're. But then you're also afraid of, of, of basically God, who's going to punish you if you do. So it's like it was just generating a lot of fear, and a lot of it was whether it was intended or not. Uh, there was a certain element of this is how we will keep people here with us in line because we have the theology, we have the methodology to, to fight this stuff, and yeah. Well, no wonder it, Christian Christianity is so popular in America then because we have this culture that's all about winning. I mean, it's about yeah. being, setting up two sides and one being right and one being wrong and being on the winning side and hating the other people. And that's warfare right there. The fact yeah. that religion can have warfare is just a baffling concept to me. Uh, I mean, I, or, I, does I it, or does it go together like apple pie and the American flag? <laughs> Dear Lord, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I mean, it does. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's. I've been in those circles as well, where there's like this high sort of sense of spiritual warfare, and we need to pray against Satan or 
you know, any interference um, on that realm. And, you know, it never occurred to us that, oh, maybe if Satan is real, he's got bigger things to worry about than whether we sing a song this morning or not. You know, like, <laughs> if, you know, if Satan uh, is sort of the face of evil, there might be much more sinister things he could be about than us having a, a little sing song uh, where we sing some praise songs. Don't you think? You know, psychologically, why do you think we need Satan? You know what I mean? Like, why do you think we thrive on this story? Because we need something, like, to your point, Tina, we need something to explain when we don't live out our highest nature. You know. Where did he go? Uh, to, where, Brian, where'd you go? <laughs> he just, just, just kind of fell over. <laughs> he was pulling a Marco Rubio reaching for the water bottle. Remember that? <laughs> I, I had to use a Kleenex, so I was sparing everyone, the visual <laughs> and the audio. Great, great night to watch the YouTube video. <laughs> um, I, I think I think part of it is, it. Here, I, I think Satan and the devil, the idea of that makes sense because how else would the world look the way it looks? Like if God is supposedly this omnipotent being who is just good and love, like how does this world look so messed up? Oh, there must be something else. Because it couldn't be us. On influence, right? Because it couldn't be. It couldn't be us. Couldn't be us human beings, and you know our free will and our ability to choose and our fears and the things that we do out of fear. Couldn't be us at all. So I think there's there's that there's that element of it and you know and why do we why do we quote unquote sin we sin because there's this other entity force that is tempting us to sin not because we are human beings with desires <laughs> you know that often go go against the strict confines of some of these like you know religious observances that we must have no sex before marriage like come on you know like yeah. And so, I mean, I think you're right. Uh, it helps explain things we experience in the world, right? It helps with the the issue of the problem of evil. Like if God is all good and the source of everything, like why, are, why do bad things happen? Why do we experience pain? Why do people suffer? Uh, and so there's this theodicy question of how do we explain all of these things? Um, but here's, and, here's, here's my problem with the devil, though. First of all, first of all, if let's say I'm God. If I'm God and I'm omnipotent and there's an uprising by another angel, like, I'm not going to let it happen. I'm going to snap my fingers and that angel is gone. Okay. And if I'm an omnipotent God and I don't do that, there's something wrong with me. But but think if you're watching a show on Netflix or something, like if it's over in the first 20 seconds, it's not much. There's not You got to have some drama, some build up. So, you know, so like in the story show for our entertainment brian <laughs> you know we are just playthings of the gods you know like in J the story of job you know god allows the adversary or the satan satan to sort of have his way with job so god allows it right it's not that god couldn't do what ogan said and just kind of deal with it instantly it's that kind of oh, i'm gonna let you do what you do and see if my people really uh are 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 true in heart and they're gonna stick by me even and if they suffer then that's a sick, twisted God. Right? Yeah, kind of, kind of. <laughs> Not one I want to get on board with, is all I'm saying. Kind of. <laughs> but there's also, right, the thing that we, but we do, we do experience real evil in the world, real suffering. Would you agree that evil exists? Oh, whether, yeah. or not, whether or not we personify it, 
as a you know sort of supernatural being right. let's set that aside uh but evil yeah. in terms of the way human beings treat each other our structures which you know over history have left people dead or in slavery or abused and oppressed over history how about over present uh, well I mean, of course history <laughs> our history including through including five minutes ago yeah yes yeah. i agree yeah. there's that we we humans are 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 capable of unspeakable good and unspeakable horror you know yeah. but but it's choices we're making it's not some external or you know internal mystical force that is guiding us to do these things these are these are just all choices we're making and i think i think it all every horrible act that's ever done all comes back to pain when people are in pain they cause it to other people mm-hmm. you have you have like you said you have choices so somebody causes you pain okay cuz they're passing along their pain so you have a choice you can deal with that pain and and connect to god and you know work through the pain or you can cause that pain you can hold on to it and you can cause it to somebody else so i think when we talk about evil or the devil or demons it's separation from god because we're not making that connection and cleansing you know the pain and the bad feelings from ourselves so we can move forward with lightness and love and you know like that That's and to tina's point earlier it also removes a certain amount of accountability. So now we can say, you know, the devil tempted me and the devil is at work here as opposed to what are the deep psychological issues that I need to work on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we can externalize it and not take responsibility, which I think is a real issue. I mean, how many times do you hear that with ministers who get caught with their secretaries or, you know, like doing stuff they're not supposed to be doing and it's, you know, Satan tempted me, and it's in that case, it really is Satan. I'm just oh, I'm... what didn't we just have a show about misogyny? And here he goes. Oh. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, said that for the laugh. Maybe not. Oh, I said that oh okay. All right. So um, during the uh, '80s, there was this widespread belief within uh, certain strands of evangelical Christianity that a vast underground network of Satanists was in control of secular society. This was called the Satanic Panic. I don't know if either of you recall any of that when it was like, you know, if you listen to Def Leppard's album backwards, it's Satanic. Or if you listen to, you know, name name the rock band, if you listen to their album backwards, you're going to find hidden Satanic messages and so kids were warned about certain rock and roll and all of this and it was sort of this, this purposely listening to it backwards to see this, oh of course yeah. of course i remember that i remember def leopard's song pour some sugar on me there's this part where it sounds like he says lucifer and we were just like we would listen to that as kids you know and be like listen talking and- talking in youth group about it oh did they just say lucifer what's if- going to happen now if you play any record backwards slow enough everybody's saying lucifer i mean come on (laughs) not it's not great fidelity (laughs) oh my goodness so on this on this web page uh i said or i read uh it says satanic panic seems to have disappeared entirely by the 2000s perhaps because fundamentalists now have other things to panic about Uh, (laughs) yeah i I agree with that i think church members were just down and (laughs) they came up with this oh my gosh now there's other things to worry about yeah no like can we get like can we get trump reelected? 
Where's that scream, Ogan? (laughs) It is Fright Night. It is Fright Night. Need more volume. Need more volume. Um, That's a good one. uh, No, I think I think legitimately what the what the fear and concern was, you know, even from the days of the Beatles, was that rock and roll music specifically, like. Touch, touch something deep inside of its listeners. Something that was authentic, vulnerable. Like it, you know, it was it was something that that allowed or or wild animal nature to connect with. There was certain freedom of expression. It was something amazing, and I think the church got scared because it realized, whoa, it's captivating our young people more than coming in and singing hymns and singing praise and worship songs and reading the Bible. So. So if it's captivating them more than this, it's got to be evil. You know, mm-hmm. granted, you know, the band's kiss makeup didn't help. Uh, and, you know, the rock and roll life of, of groupies and stuff and drugs didn't help either. But, you know, again, that's, I, I, I think they, the, uh, a war against it was created because it was pulling people away from the church. Um, and I think it was a good thing because it was pulling them into more authentic expression of themselves. It was it was empowering them as opposed to disempowering them, which I think, you know, I uh, I mean, I love the church. I'm a minister, for God's sakes, pun intended. Um, I love the church. Um, but the church has, and historically has done a really poor job of disempowering people rather than empowering them. Um, and and I think there's a lot talk about accountability. There's a lot to a lot to answer for that, and it still continues today. You know, we had our discussion last week about misogyny, and 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 and, and you know, ministers and preachers, evangelical preachers who are in that weird place um, of that. So so yeah. But here's the thing. The other thing about uh, you know, you mentioned something earlier, Brian, that Satan is very real to people, and you're right. And Satan is as real as anyone chooses to make him you know so if you want to believe our our mind is a powerful thing so if you believe anything hard enough and strong enough and long enough it becomes a reality to us and you're going to search for facts to back it up you're going to search for facts to back it up and things that happen in your life will be evidence to support your belief that's how our mind works so we can choose to believe that there is this entity called Satan and the devil, who is the personification of evil, working to tempt us and ensnare us. And if we believe that hard enough, that's going to be our reality. But we can also simply choose not to believe that and believe that all there is is God as a presence of love. And if we believe that, that's what we'll experience. My, my mom used to say, um, you may not believe in Satan, but he believes in you. <laughs> or he knows you or something like that. <laughs> I remember that one. It's so great. Well, yeah, wasn't that wasn't that the thing? Like Satan's best trick is to get you to think he doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's that was good C- marketing that, right there, too. That, that was C.S. Lewis, I think, in the screw tape letters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned C.S. Lewis. Uh Tolkien also, those two guys. Like all their books were like just this massive Christian campaign that people didn't realize was happening. Did you know they were friends? Yeah. Yes, they were. I didn't know that. Yeah, they would smoke a pipe and and do some pup theology. (laughs) I was actually really surprised to hear that about Lord of the Rings because I didn't pick it up. I picked it up 
on um, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. But... It's way more explicit in uh, in Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe in yeah. Narnia. And what were what was in those pipes they were smoking? That's all I want to know. Right. Ooh, excellent. Yeah. I mean, Gandalf had a pretty sweet pipe. I'll just say that. There you go. So I think we've all agreed that uh, the idea of spiritual warfare is really often abused and used too much to sort of excuse responsibility or to put the blame elsewhere when it's like, oh no, we just didn't do an equipment check or we just didn't, you know, or this thing just happened, <laughs> or, right? Or, or there was just a, like, sometimes it'll happen like a car breaks down. You know, well, maybe you needed the oil change or the car just actually broke down and there wasn't some little, you know, object of Satan in the carburetor. But is is spiritual warfare, and I'm sorry to make light that way, but is spiritual warfare ever an adequate or appropriate explanation? No. I don't think so. I don't think it belongs in religion. Whoa. Now, here's the thing. Here's what I want to ask, though. Isn't this isn't this mostly like contained to evangelical? Well, so for an example, I, I would I would bet that a number of Christians who worked in the civil rights movement felt that when they were experiencing um, pushback or oppression or things would go wrong, that some of that was chalked up to spiritual warfare and they would pray to that effect. And that was a part of their spirituality that drove them to keep pushing through that resistance for civil rights, for justice, uh, et cetera. I don't, I don't know. Cause the white man was the devil. So I mean, you could see, you could, you could see the devil in the personification of white folks. No offense. Spiritual one. warfare incarnated. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But uh, you know, to your point also, you know, since we going down that road, uh, Christianity in the Bible was used against slaves, against people, sure. people rising up. I mean, you know, it was, that was a whole other, you know, thing, uh, rabbit hole we don't need to go down. But um, the reason I asked that question is because, I mean, if we look at the Methodist church today, if we look at UCC church today, even, even, mainstream christian churches that may or may not be that progressive uh you know where's where's the extent of spiritual warfare these days i think that's almost more relegated to just the evangelical segment um of churches these days both both white and black churches um you know uh i don't know i think it's it's a term just used to get people riled up and emotional because when people are emotional, they're easier to control. That is true. That is that is true. So do you think demon possession, is that a real thing? Or would you explain instances of that as a psychological state or mental illness? Again, our mind will make anything we believe strong enough real. <laughs> Although, 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 when you watch those Benny Hinn videos and he waves his jacket, and the people fall over, <laughs> you gotta well, that, go. Hmm. That's the opposite of demon possession. That's supposed to be like slain in the Holy Spirit. Well, that's mass hysteria, is what that is, and that's a real thing too. Like again, well, go ahead, Tina. But I do have to say, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that I completely understand. All of that like there are some very strange things that happen 
that are unexplainable with the knowledge and technology we have today. Um, so, and I've experienced some odd things. So I, I don't know that I don't believe in, I, I wouldn't, I don't believe in demons, but like ghosts or, you know, good or bad energies that people have left behind when they've left. It may not be a ghost. It may not be them, but I do believe that they leave something behind. Um, I will tell you, I'm not going to go into the story, but I had a neighbor three doors down that um, I did not know. And he, he died and I knew it the night he died. It was just a really, I had this just really weird feeling and, you know, Will asked me what was up and I said, I feel like somebody close to us just died. Well, there's, the next a difference, there's a difference between our interconnectedness on both the visible and invisible levels. We are all interconnected. And, and you know, but you don't think people, when people leave their physical bodies, that they leave something behind? Sure. I mean, yes and no. I, I believe that we don't know what happens when these physical bodies stop working and you know the spirit and soul of us continues to exist in some way shape or form i believe i believe it does um and how that shows up you know there's there's way too many anecdotal reports of people you know still in this life you know who are still alive that 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 we know that there's more than just this visible existence that's beyond a shadow of a doubt like i mean i've had experiences where I've encountered Jennifer and I know it's not been like mm. just my imagination, you know, I, I can tell the difference between when I conjure up an image and idea and a, and a, and a fake conversation I'm having with Jennifer versus one that happens spontaneously of, of itself and, and mm. imagery. So I know that, but that's different, I think. And the interconnectedness between us when we, when we feel other people, I think that's different from, external entities like like angels and demons you know these uh what do you call it um i guess self-existing entities that seek to influence us i think those are two different conversations like non non-embodied supernatural beings right exactly so no i i'm with you tina i do believe that when people die you know there's some kind of soul spirit element that continues to exist whether it's in another realm on this realm traveling between realms there's a lot that has not yet been explained and may never be able to be explained um but i think this is what we're talking about in terms of demons and stuff it's it's something wholly different um but what do you that. think brian what do you believe are, are you talking about demons and satan or are you talking about ghosts and things like that or yeah i mean i I am quite dubious uh, that there's any uh, being uh, with a pitchfork that's roaming around that has any kind of uh, powers uh, that one might see as in competition with God um, and, and a bunch of minions um, that do his bidding. I'm, I'm really skeptical of that. Uh, but well, let me ask I... this, Brian. You're skeptical, but you know one of the foundational Christian. Um, uh, storylines is when Jesus was tempted by Satan. Sure. Well, well, I mean, that's, that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that's, I think that's a, a wonderful story uh, that has some um, real temptations in it, right? That evil 
tempts us with uh, shortcuts or with fame or with, you know, what have you, the thing, you know, with greatness and, and not going through the process or not whatever. And I think those are real temptations that uh, Jesus experienced and that humanity experiences and that there are lessons there. I don't think there's some actual being that said, Hey, turn this stone into bread and then you're going to be my servant, or I'm going to take you to the top of this mountain so that you see all the kingdoms of the world, because a, there is no mountain where you can see anything like that. You know, so it's clearly a mythological story told in those times, or they're instantly on top of the temple. And he says, throw yourself down. No, they were in the desert, right? So maybe Jesus had visions because he hadn't been eating, but that's a different thing. No, I'm 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 with you. I once fasted for a week, and I I'm I was hallucinating some fun stuff. I can tell you. <laughs> yeah, you were on top of the temple suddenly. And said, this isn't good. How do I how do I get down? I was definitely high in some way, shape, or form. Let's just. <laughs> so you know, and as far as as far as ghosts, uh, you know, I'll I'll agree with, I think both of you that there's a lot of things we can't explain about the human experience and what happens to us uh, after we expire and do we have uh, a part of us that is able to reconnect on this sort of visceral material plane i don't know you know i, I haven't been there and back uh but i think there are enough stories and instances of people experiencing things that i'm not going to write that off but i tend to be quicker to write off the reality of of demons just gonna say but evil is very real and i so i don't want to put light on that because right. what is what does evil mean to you brian well i think it i think evil is um evil is our inner our own inner impulses towards um disaster uh i hate to say darkness because i don't want to imply anything um inappropriate with that but you know our own inner shadow side uh where we just make choices that are harmful to ourselves and others and then we do those with others and then when when enough human beings um do that in concert we have these structures that be almost take on a life of their own right it's beyond any one person and so evil almost does become this very real thing independent of any one person because it's so integrated in society and the way that we've chosen to live as human beings so evil to me is is all of those things interesting yeah we, the way we talk about evil we talk about it as if it is an it is a self-existent entity but i don't think like evil could be sitting in the corner of my office like tempting me to have another donut like i don't think that's real that's just me saying but that's how we talk but that's how have we it talk. or don't have it you know? right i agree but that's how we talk about evil though when, yeah. when you think about it and evil is not a thing out there evil is what we do to each other <laughs> Yeah. Right. Well, and I also don't think that there's any single human being in the entire history of the world that has been 100% evil. But I do think that when we write history, we personify them as such to exonerate the people around them. Not sure. even our own president. Oh, rimshot a little early. Yeah, you, you didn't quite sink that right. Let's try it again. Not even our own president. And he's given himself his own rim shot. I Whoa, guess. look at this. Woo! Power of the soundboard. I, I jest. I, I kid the president. I jest. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean he, I'm, he's like 99% evil. So he's, there's, you know still, on, there's goodness honestly, in there. Honestly, I'm more and more, I'm just getting to a place of empathy for him. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, 
you know, when you're a person who knows you are like a hundred percent unequipped for a job and you're trying to get it anyways, and then you get it and you still don't know what you're doing, but yeah. you're doing your best to make it look like you're, you know what you're doing. All I can do is feel sorry. That, that's right. I, I just was joking about 99% evil. I think it's 90% ineptitude and maybe 6% evil and 3% of what the hell happened. You know, I, but I have to disagree with you, Ogan, because I think somebody in, in that, a rational person in that position, you get a job that you aren't equipped for, you learn from the people around you. No. And that's not it's not happening, <laughs> and it's a choice. <laughs> uh, well, I think some people don't have capabilities that allow them to make choices. Well, listen, listen again. Uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna quote the best president we ever had in our modern times, Barack Obama, who said, "Who said um, it is a very humbling experience, the most humbling experience, to be chosen to be the leader of this country, leader of the free world." but you still have to have some level of megalomania to believe you can do the job in the first place. Mm. And, you know, we got just, the megalomania, just not the humble. <laughs> like, <laughs> biggest megalomaniac ever. You know? Oh man. Oh so, yeah. Too true. Too true. Uh, but, but again, yeah. I think um, I was listening to, uh, was it NPR? Um, oh my God. Who was this? Oh no, no. This was real time with Bill Maher. And he was interviewing, uh, or this is part of his show. One of his guests was uh, this. It's this African American guy who basically goes around befriending members of the Ku Klux Klan. Oh yeah. Basically shifts their point of views, and you know, you know, he's done this with like, you know, forty something, fifty something of them, and and part of what happens is after they 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 shift their views and leave the clan you know they give him their robes or some symbol that they had um but 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 one of the things he talked about um when when he was when he's doing this is 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 that realization of of we, we we've got to realize again we're we're more alike than we are different and and yeah. where do we get our information from is is probably one of the bigger questions you gotta ask where do we get our information from and so many people get you know their information from sources that they never question yeah like this show like you know, <laughs> you know what you know what? that deserves a rim shot exactly um, so, you know, and, and it was so funny, Joy, you know, Joy, my daughter, she goes to, uh, this homeschool co-op and she does a couple classes a week and she was getting in this like heated discussion about, uh, gender inequality and gender pain equality. And she was like, you know, people, there were, there were some people arguing about, um, women being paid less because of the jobs they choose and their whole approach to work. And they had proof to support this. And Joy says, I would, she says, I was going to go to the internet and get some facts too. But the problem is, you know, you can find facts to support any site you want to mm -hmm. argue. And I said, well, yeah, you can, but the question is who are the source of those facts? You know, so there's a difference between, you know, uh, there's a difference between um, legitimate, you know, accredited colleges and and government, um, um, what do you call it, government offices that's that research these things and facts provided by I don't know 
some crazy thing think tank. I'm going to have to disagree with you there. I think there's very few fully accredited, non-biased um, opinions out there. Yes, we did get a long way from Halloween, Brian. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> oh, did no, I say no, that? Bring it back. Bring, no, no, I'm bringing it back. But but the same thing exists here when it comes to our talk about the devil and yeah. demons and hell and what. No, that's right. That's right. Who, who are you getting <laughs> your facts from? You know, and if all you're getting your facts from is your minister, and I'm saying this is a minister, if all you're getting your facts from is a minister in your pulpit, like when your minister says stuff, go, huh, that sounds awesome. Then go check it out. <laughs> like go research, go look it up. Just don't believe wholeheartedly what your minister says, especially if he quotes the Bible. If he's quoting the Bible, go, huh, he quoted the Bible, so it must be true. No. Like what is the context? What what was that written about? What is what does biblical scholarship say about this? And you should always ask, who could it be now? Satan? That's Sorry, that was a that was a SNL uh, Dana Carvey right. Dana Carvey church lady. Uh, <laughs> you get crickets for that callback. Some oh. listeners will appreciate that, even though I did it poorly. Well, let's wrap it up on that terrible joke. <laughs> so, yeah, any final thoughts uh, either on on Halloween or existence of evil or um, favorite candy? How do you want to end it? Skittle. Yeah, igno ignore Ogan and dress up and have fun. <laughs> Be you. No, 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 no. Let me amend. It's not about ignoring me. Yes, dress up and have fun, but do it anytime you want. Don't save it for Halloween. Uh, I'm saving I guarantee you, any time of year, you'll find a party somewhere of people dressing up. So go find those parties. Go be you. Be you all year round, not just at Halloween. That's the point I'm making. Mm -hmm. mm. Tina? <laughs> That was poor. Brian, wrap us up. <laughs> wrap us up well, with wisdom, I mean, please. Well, I, I like what you said earlier, Tina, about we need to just lighten up about worrying about, you know, pagan roots of, of Halloween or any other thing. You know, just enjoy the thing as it is. And if you have other qualms, then just deal with that. But don't put it in people's faces. But I would also say, you know, we've talked about Satan, demons and evil, like however you want to name it, evil is a real thing. And let's work together to, you know, find the light and to move toward our better selves uh, together. But it's a real thing that we humans do. There's no, yeah, there's no outside force trying to dictate the whole thing. We're capable of better. But if you think it's a real thing, you know, you're welcome at the table because this is, you know, pub theology after all. So what? <laughs> Get, the kids table. Get the kids table. I'm gonna make that call. Oh, the kids. Wow, the kids. Oh, table. that was condescending. Oh, yeah. Stop him Whoa. now. His beer was too big. Mm. Mm. <laughs> too much insight or too much beverage? You decide. Well, thank you, friends, for <laughs> for tuning in to Pub Theology Live. Please connect and spread the word on social media. You know, you're tuning into this episode. You're listening on, you know, uh, Stitcher or iTunes. You're thinking these people made my day this is a great episode share with your friends you can tune in anytime of course soundcloud stitcher google play music itunes please rate us on those venues because that really helps our visibility and helps other people find us and if you'd like to find a conversation like this in your neighborhood your local bar uh go to pubtheology.com check out the directory and if you don't see one in your town maybe you are the person to start such a conversation Thanks again to our sponsors, Wink Wine Club, who you'll find at trywink.com slash PT Live and Casual Priest, 
who you'll find at casualpriest.com. So until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. some candy (laughs) 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 nicely played oh Uh, my god that was fun i got some candy corn in the other room calling my name just gonna say um what are you guys doing for halloween though in all seriousness Mm, i'll I'll be taking the kids out trick-or-treating because they're still young enough and that's cool for me because i like are you dressing up to be determined. So wait, you say you're taking your kids out. Like they're old enough, they can go on their own. Why do you gotta take them? Well, mm, the because we don't. Is, but... We don't live in a neighborhood that you can trick or treat in, so we have to drive somewhere, and they're not. Oh, old yeah, enough to, they're right. not old enough to drive yet. I forget you live in the boondocks, sort of. I live in a rural uh, part of town. Yeah, you know what? Hiking two miles to the next house. <laughs> exactly. We got to three houses, Dad. I got two Tootsie Rolls and a Milky Way. <laughs> and my legs are killing me. <laughs> and I'm tired. Tired. So is your plan to like drive them somewhere and do the walking with them or just drive them and like let them loose and you wait for them? Uh, you know, the, the older boys, are they probably find some friends and just go. But the two littler ones, I, I would walk with them yet. So back to my question. Are you dressing up? I should to be determined. I should. I, I'll think about it. You should, especially if the little, if the, if the younger ones are dressing up. I think they would get a kick out of you dressing up with them. Hogan, are you the what? same person that started this show? You were all like, adults shouldn't go trick or treating. Adults shouldn't. I know. Dress now up. he's like, are you dressing up? Are you dressing I know. up? Well, it's the beer. It's the real Hogan coming out now. This is Brian. He's not going to take it too seriously. <laughs> not going to take it too seriously. What are you? What are your Halloween plans, Tina? Um, I think we're gonna go to there. There's a wine bar, um, in town here, and they're having a Halloween party next weekend. So I think we're gonna dress up and go there. So nice. if I can pull my costume together. What are you working on? <laughs> um, Ooh. a sexy, inappropriate one. I'm just kidding. Um, it's it's very fitting for my personality that is out all year long. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go as Storm from X Men. Nice. Nice. I like that. And Will's like going to be Wolverine. No. Hey, hey, hey. Listen, man. Storm's black. Don't appropriate Storm. There are plenty of oh, other... Duh, there are plenty stop. of other... Do you make this a race thing? Goes, goes like so I, can't, I can't be Storm because I'm not black? I'm saying, like, there are not a lot of black superhero characters for black people to go as. She's so, my hero. I'm not allowed to go as her. I, I don't care if there's that. five other storms in the room. I'm not saying that. I'm saying there's not a lot of black superhero characters for black folk to go as. You got plenty of white options to choose from. Can't you can't you find a white one? That's what he's saying. Okay, I don't go, like what you're saying. I should be able to go as whoever I want. Everybody should be able to go as whoever they want. Is appropriation is what this is. Oh boy, was rogue. Well, I mean, in fairness, Ogan's gonna dress up as Black Jesus. So, there you go. Exactly, got the wig and everything. 
Oh my god, did you did you guys watch Black Jesus on YouTube? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I've seen a little bit. I've seen You've a little got bit. it is it is hilarious. I, I want to take this to our audience, <laughs> whether it's appropriate or not, to Yeah, we all, yeah in all, in all seriously. Because Ogan, if I would have said yours. something like that to you, you would have had a fit. About what? But you not being able to dress up as Superman because he's white. Well, I would never have dressed up as Superman. I'd have gone as <laughs> cyborg. I'd have gone as Luke Cage. I'd have looked for a black character. Go ahead. I, I will say that I, I'm not sure where I land on this, but I tend to default toward what Ogan is saying simply because of the plethora of of white options and so forth. I'm not saying don't be Storm. I'm just saying I hear what he's saying. I'm not and saying all, don't don't do it. And in all seriousness, Tina, go go as Storm. Go as whoever you want to go of. I really have no personal objection. But we have I'm, just ruined Halloween. I I'm, feel terrible right now. Well, you would have had a fit if I would have said Mystique because that would have been way too sexy. <laughs> Dude, no, you're, no, you're no. just curmudgeon well, tonight. I, I, yeah, I would have supported Mystique, especially if it was just blue body paint. I would have definitely supported that. Been... Oh, my gosh, Brian. <laughs> am, am I losing my mind or is this the same guy that started the show? I know, seriously. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I have to go. But, I can't deal with the personalities of Ogan. No, no, no. Oh, I, I know you too. So I know you guys are not going into this to take it like to some nefarious, too personal way. I know you guys are not trying to like suddenly, you, you guys are who you are all times of the year. So I'm not worried about you two. But last thought, speaking of personal sacrifice, I missed game one of the World Series to hang out with you all tonight. Just want to say Aww, that was a big personal you. Who you sacrifice. Rooting for? I'm probably rooting for the Astros because my tiger, my Detroit former Detroit Tiger Justin Verlander is now a Houston Astro. Okay. I really don't care either way. But I, I like the playing. Dodgers too, so I really I don't care. But I like baseball. Yes, yes, you do. All right. Good night. Let us know who it is. <laughs> all right. Bye. Go, storm. Go be storm. Peace out. Namaste. See you guys. Later.